Hello and welcome back to the Bloom Bear Podcast. My name is James Gore. This episode is for the 26th of February 2020. Going to be jumping in to some key news from the past couple of days. But we're going to be starting off with how to predict BTC dumps because I've been posting on my Twitter um, that, you know, we're going to see a sell-off um, just due to the amount of Bitcoin being sent to exchanges. And if you did... If you do subscribe to me on YouTube, you know I created a video called How to Perfectly Hit Bitcoin Bottoms and Tops. Probably one of the most important videos I've made recently. Um, I highly recommend you watch it. But at the end, there was a key metric or two, actually, two key metrics that you can watch when you can kind of see when there's going to be a sell-off. Now, it's right at the end of a 30-minute video. I know some people probably wouldn't have watched that. So what I'm going to do today is just create a separate video so you can kind of tell when we're going to see a sudden dip in BTC. But just to be clear, if you do follow me on Twitter, my Twitter is underscore bull and bear. So twitter.com forward slash underscore bull and bear. You'll see I'm posting uh, alerts about this periodically. And I mentioned 13 hours ago that We've seen a sudden spike specifically from miners sending Bitcoin to exchanges. Uh, since we saw the initial sell-off, we've also been seeing an increase in Bitcoin being sent to exchanges periodically throughout the day. So that was more consistent and it's over the typical norm that we see during a bull market. So that was indicative that retail was sending BTC to exchanges and that, um, and that miners eventually sent BTC to exchanges as well, which kind of triggered the sell-off, but retailers still has their Bitcoin on exchanges that typically don't. So but my my kind of uh, understanding of this is that retail was a bit shook or a bit scared or, or whoever's sending the Bitcoin to exchanges from all these different sources, which aren't miners, they were leaving it there in anticipation of the direction of the move, which the miners kind of triggered. So we're likely to see a bit more sell-off, but um, it's been tapering off the amount of Bitcoin that's being sent to exchanges uh, hour by hour, which is which is key. So do follow me on Twitter because I'm I'm giving all this information. This is ahead of these market these moves in the market. Um, now all this information is great, but you do need to have an understanding of technical analysis of of when to play it and how to play it. Um, I received the question from Lambos for everyone. Um, should I sell everything and buy back in a week or so? And my answer was, I wouldn't sell any spot, spot, spot BTC. If you want to take advantage or have insurance against your long positions, you can look to, to go look at going short on weaker coins and exiting when the market shows signs of recovery. The reason being, my 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 rationale is, well, I'll be honest with you. If you have to ask the question, you probably sh you should probably shouldn't be touching your position if you're in it for a long term, if you're an investor, because you probably don't know how to time. I mean, it's tricky enough timing the markets anyway, but you probably wouldn't know what to look for in terms of when to sell and when to buy back. And you don't want to be um, buying back at a higher level or missing the move because these markets do move really quickly. So it makes more sense to just go short on some of these weaker coins, which is very easy to see because we want to look for is look at the previous day's uh, movements on these coins on these weak coins and see which ones held the most value, which ones didn't. And then when the sell-off comes, the ones that didn't are going to suffer the most. So um, it's, it's, I've been trading like this for the past week. 
Um, I did a bit of this in the last pullback while I was using Litecoin as a short, um, but I've been really taking advantage of this and it's really easy to do. So I'll make that separate video for you guys. I highly recommend you follow me on Twitter because you'll, you'll, you'll be getting it ahead of the moves in the market when I post that, post those updates. And I highly recommend you watch this video, how to perfectly hit Bitcoin's bottoms and tops because um, it, just, it, just, it just gives you the tools to kind of work this stuff out on yourself on your own and use it for whatever kind of time frame you'd like um if you and you know i'm using a paid service for this called crypto quant um, there are free services out there but they don't give as much information or uh, as as others but you can just follow me on twitter because i'll be i'll be posting the updates and kind of breaking them down what they mean for you but let's jump into the charts so you know bitcoin on the daily has set a new lower low um, we broke below the most recent low, which was at um, uh, 44,888 USD. Reached a new low of uh, 47,800. It's not, it's not that much of a difference, to be honest with you, if, 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 we're, if we are looking at the charts. But if we dig a bit deeper into the four hour time frame, it helps, or hourly time frame, it helps build a bit of a picture for us and what, what we should be looking at. So. For me, the, the 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 key level to watch, which I mentioned in the last video, was forty six to forty seven thousand uh, dollars, just because it's a bit of a range, really. It's not a level; it's a range, but that's where we had the most volume in action trading, price action, uh, previously, uh, before uh, prior to this move up, and that's where we would have found the most support. Um, we didn't really maintain that so now it's 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 a very key moment for us because we're going to see if it flips to resistance if we don't smash through this then we're likely to trend down to to you know 40 well if you take a look at the chart um trend down to where we found resistance previously which hopefully should flip the support but that's forty thousand uh eight hundred and thirty um looking at volume profile visible range I personally would set my buy orders or bids a bit higher just so they get filled and then uh, have my stops uh, below a break of market structure. And where would be a break of market structure? Well, you'd have to look at the previous range you were tra trading in and um, it's likely to be 37,000 levels. So this is, these, these, are, these are long swings, guys, for these positions. Um, and, you know, you can, you can trade this intraday. I do trade intraday as well. I trade shit coins intraday to kind of, uh, take profits into my spot BTC and cash. Um, but that that's kind of what I'm looking at, at the moment. You, you don't have to make it too complicated. You don't have to, you know, it, you can keep it nice nice and easy. It's quite, the, mar the market's relatively predictable at the moment. Um, if you look at all the things I've mentioned so far, if you haven't been following my videos recently, um, it, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. So what, what am I expecting to see moving forward? Well, if we don't hold this level, if we don't, if, if we if we aren't able to maintain this recent low, um, and if we can't break above uh, forty six, we'll start closing above forty six k consistently. You know we've had a let's see how much of a retrace we've had from the high, saying twenty four percent, which I just want to make sure is accurate. So what would 6% more downside be from the recent high? Because that's worth looking at because, so 6% more downside, which would mean a 30% drawdown, which is what we typically see in, in bull markets, uh, would place BTC at 40K. So, you know, it kind of fits, 
to our thesis. It fits to you know everything we're seeing on the charts. Also fits to the previous price action and BTC during bull markets for the past decade plus. So it makes sense if we if we drop to 30k for a lot of, a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, moving on. Let's move on to some key news from the last couple of days. So JP Morgan has put one percent of uh, has bought 1% of Bitcoin uh, as a hedge as the demand is massively outstripping supply. So this 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 uh, this uh, headline is a bit misleading because it's 1% of their portfolio. So um, the narrative that investors should allocate 1% of their portfolio in Bitcoin as a hedge has received support from strategists representing the giant US multinational investment bank, JP Morgan and Chase & Co. The question is, when did they do this? When have they been buying Bitcoin? We know they have uh, smaller funds um, which operate in these markets, um, but in terms of their main their main treasury, their main the main uh, books, so to speak, their main fund, main portfolio, um, you know, uh, wh when would they have been buying Bitcoin? So we don't really know, because you know we we just we just saw uh, MicroStrategy by over one uh, quite quite a significant amount of bitcoin recently and we didn't really see how the market was moving they were buying around i believe it was $53,000 on average so that was their average buy and that was quite close to the recent all-time high but the market wasn't really indicating that so that means that it's very possible to buy massive quantities of bitcoin and not move the markets so that's something you really need to consider. So moving forward, because it's it, it what, what what that's doing ultimately is raising the, the the floor of Bitcoin because that's all moving offline. That's that's never going to go back to the exchanges. You know, when we look at MicroStrategy, when we look at JP Morgan, they're not going to be sending Bitcoin to these exchanges to sell for for a very long time, especially if they're only allocating one percent. MicroStrategy, it's not because they're allocating one percent; it's because they're allocating a large portion. Uh, but they have a, you know, Michael said has a very different vision. He's talking about having a company that lasts forever, you know, and using Bitcoin as that monetary network to do so. Um, so and it makes complete sense with his thesis. Um, so the fact it hasn't moved the market means mean, and you know, you know, it's uh, it's raising the the floor, the bottom for BTC. So because at a certain point there just won't be anyone to sell. So this is really bullish really really bullish for the long long term of btc now this is part of the reason why i say don't sell your spot btc if you want to take advantage of these sell-off periods just just short shit coins really um and i i did again i posted a video about this so, sorry for the like, constant self-promotion but i think it's this, these really important things i could share with you guys so um i i did record a video uh three days ago saying bitcoin dumps key levels to watch and why you should short shit coins to take advantage and um, I received uh, a comment that you said you shouldn't short shit coins. And I was like, I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't, because if you do, you know, I'm, again, I'm sorry to do this, guys, but it's, I think it's important. Um, if I go to my uh, feed and I just look, you know, I could just share with you um, the entries, not entries, the, you know, the gains I've been making on FTX. So you can short the shitcoin uh, contract. Let me just scroll down through my feed. Blah 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 blah. Hopefully it's not full of retweets. 
uh let's go let's go let's go bear with me guys bear with me guys so yeah for example you know i was doing a play-by-play -play of what i was planning to do talking about soul i long soul for a bounce when the market recovered um i mentioned that uh i shorted the shitcoin perp 44% gain. I shorted. Uh, I long sold for 406% gain. That was that was pretty crazy. Um, let's see. Shorted AVAX as well for something like 63%. And um, this is looking at the Asia session as well. So um, I I really wouldn't sell your spot BTC in a in a bull market. Okay, I'd wait for the cycle top, which I don't think we're near yet. So anyway, moving on. So Jed McCaleb. So this is this is this is the thing I've been saying about XRP for such a long time. Um it it is the shit coin of all shit coins. Um in that it's got enough of enough of a fan base where if you call it a shit coin they get upset. But if you look at you know what the founders are doing, they're dumping their XRP on the market. Uh, especially whenever there's a pump. I'm not saying you can't trade it and make money from it. I'm just saying there's better things you could hold. Um, Bitcoin being one of them. Um, but Jed McCaleb sold $135 million worth, not a million dollars worth, sorry, 135 million Ripple from his wallet. Okay. So that's about $57 million. And that was at the price of 42 cents per token. So imagine if you had this this crypto you created, which you pre-mined, that is dramatically centralized, where the token's value is based on how the market trades it, as opposed to its utility on the network, because the Ripple network is very different to the actual token. People that use the network, like banks and financial institutions, are incentivized to use the XRP token because it makes costs of transacting on the network cheaper. And for example, MoneyGram, who have just recently dropped Ripple. Um, but what we've found is these institutions, because you know the XRP team give these, these financial institutions uh, Ripple, the Ripple token to use on the network initially. So they're paying people to use these networks. And what we found is they just sell the XRP. They sell the XRP instantly and they just use the network because yes, the network's faster than anything they have to offer, you know, as a, you know, available to them, but um, they don't want any business with the token. They don't care about the token. So um, it's, you know, if, 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 you know, for the people that are using XRP as kind of like this banker's coin um, to make money, I think there's, a, there's an opportunity cost here where you could be just taking advantage of other cryptocurrencies and it's unfortunate. And I think there's some, um, you, ha you have to be able to argue the other person's position to yours as, str as, as strong as possible um, to really understand your own position and see if you're right or wrong. That's one of the best things you can do. Really try and argue against what you inherently believe with, this, with, this, with these markets and see where you fall um, and really do your best because if you're stuck in, if you're mentally thinking that Ripple's going to go to the moon um, and be this amazing thing, and you're ignoring things like the founders are dumping millions of dollars onto the market of the XRP token, um, 
it's it's just it's just willful ignorance and it's just you know it's unfortunate because it's just like your money should be better spent elsewhere there's so much happening in DeFi right now alone which you could just throw money at DeFi, not even look at the the coin and just hold for a long enough time and make money especially in the bull market you can be completely stupid and make money in this bull market and people are putting their money into xrp i don't understand um so sorry sorry i'm going off on one but it's true um but yeah it's what it is moving on grayscale so um grayscale is trading at a negative premium and Peter Schiff has basically, you know, when when do we not hear hear from this guy? I've blocked him on Twitter because well, I'm just tired of hearing him, but he's, he still pops up in my feed. Um, and um, what he what he said was quite interesting. He said the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust closed at a five percent discount to its NAV. He warned about this happening in December with two percent annual management fee. The fund is actually riskier than Bitcoin itself, and this is the thing: why would you not just want to hold Bitcoin? Um, then trade these, these, you know, understand why, because people are willing to take on the risk of having a traditional kind of financial instrument they're used to uh, touching, as opposed to actually jumping into these markets because there's a kind of a technical barrier, but it's really not that hard. Um, but, um, but, but, you know, what he's saying is eventually Grayscale will be forced to sell their BTC um, and all these institutions will be for eventually you have to sell the BTC, which, you know, I was mentioning this in my last video, these institutions, if you think about your own, uh, you know, initial introduction to Bitcoin when you first held it, did you hold it all to the way, all the way to now? So it's all time high, or did you sell some along the way? You know, there's no, there's no assumption that these institutions are going to have diamond hands. You know, they aren't going to just sell Bitcoin when it, when it suits them. We've already seen um, a fund in the UK, a British fund, sell Bitcoin. So, you know, um, and, and that's this market cycle. So, so speaking of selling Bitcoin, Dubai Fund sells $750 million worth of Bitcoin to buy Cardano and Polkadot. So um, the Dubai-based fund says Bitcoin is pretty useless and all coins like Cardano are better bet for new investors. Um, I completely disagree. The only reason why these altcoins are rising, other than the ones that are new, haven't gone through their initial market cycle, so four-year cycle, um, is because Bitcoin's halving and Bitcoin's price increases and, and the rising uh, tide lifts all boats and Bitcoin is the tide. So if you if you aren't sure about that, just look at how much of market volume uh, Bitcoin holds. Uh, also value transacted. I know Ethereum's value transacted has shifted and overtook Bitcoin. Um, for, I think for like a day or two. Um, but if you take a look at, you know, what's happening with Bitcoin and then what's happening with altcoins, altcoins only do well when, when Bitcoin's really doing well. And that's because people are taking profits from Bitcoin into the altcoins because it's a bull market, because they can afford to, to make a few, to be a bit riskier. So, um, you know, there are, there are ways you can take advantage of this. Um, for example, jumping in some alts pre-halving, uh, that look like they're bottoming out, start cost averaging into some of the top 10 alts. It's really, it, you know, it, with, you, there's been enough market cycles now where you can kind of have the, you know, cheat codes to playing, playing the game um, if you really want to make a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite straightforward, but I wouldn't be surprised to see more funds doing this. We've seen Grayscale buy 10,000 worth of, I think a 17,000 F uh, on the dip recently 
So that's that's a long-term position for them. Um, but yeah, it makes complete sense. Um, but in terms of Bitcoin being pretty useless, um, that's a that's a serious uh, serious question that they should be really asking themselves: Is is Bitcoin really useless? Um, so moving on, gonna round this out because it's twenty minutes now. I'm gonna keep it the last five minutes. So FTX exchange premiers Tokyo Olympics futures contracts. So I just want to talk about FTX because they're being extremely innovative with um, what's contracts they create we had the we had the election contracts on there there's lots of cool things going on over there um i think election contracts for 2024 are back up for u.s presidential election which is hilarious um but you can literally you know trade things you wouldn't think you could be able to trade which is quite funny um but the key thing is um that the ftt token is likely to raise in value off the back of this um recently you know, it's, it's, they're turning into a bit of a Binance with the FTT token, which I think is completely, uh, makes complete sense because that's what happens with, with, you know, with these exchanges. They want to make their token as um, useful as possible, as innovative as possible, and have as much value as possible uh, any way they can. So, you know, we're seeing that with Binance chain. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw in the future FTX chain, you know, FTT chain, something that's based off, you know, keeping the FTT token uh, as valuable as, as valuable as possible. So, you know, Binance Coin is uh, you know three hundred, you know, roughly. Uh, can't remember what um, uh, value it is, but if you if you look at my channel again, and I keep mentioning it, but Binance Coin was my pick for uh, coin to hold. Um, I think it was 20, 2019, so this is in 2018. Uh, it was also my coin to hold at the peak of the bull market as well. It was one of my, it was my top top coin to hold. Um, and that was in 2017. So if we take a look at Binance Coin, just look at how its values increased over that time. So, well, just since launch, actually. Um, you can get a bit of an idea of what's possible with FTT if you know it follows a similar path. So there we go. So peak 2017, we see Binance coins trading for for like a couple of dollars, a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there, reaches a high of 30, low of three, high of 38, low of six, and it's really gone to the races. So if we look at FTT token for something similar. And you have to think guys, F F FTX is a new exchange. It popped up during a uh, uh, bear market. Um, like really done well in the bear market, and it's innovating. It's it's providing contracts which you know other exchanges are copying, like Binance. So the, the DeFi contracts, the shitcoin perp. Um, I think I'm not sure if the shitcoin perp is on Binance, but um, the price of FTT token right now is. $27 is probably going to come tumbling down somewhere to about six or eight or depending on where with you know if it can hold hold 10 um depending on how high it gets this cycle but the point is this is this we're likely to see the same and look at the binance token it's 300 it was 300 it's insane so absolutely huge absolutely huge it's kind of kind of you know if you're if you're willing to cost average into any altcoins that you think that you want that you want them to kind of last beyond the next this market cycle and the next one 
you know, exchange tokens are, you know, some of your best bets just because assuming, let's say DeFi for whatever reason, all the projects in DeFi end up being absolute garbage and shit and they don't last this market cycle, uh, moving on to the bear market, there'll be some new kind of um, innovation that will happen on Ethereum. Um, market volumes will increase. Um, these exchanges will find other ways to kind of make money off the back of that and, you know, have their token uh, be at the center of that. So, you know, it makes sense to, to pay attention to these exchange tokens, provided those in exchanges are innovating. So, KuCoin shares token, I would disregard really. You know, smaller exchanges I disregard. Anyway, moving on. So, HM Treasury, UK's fintech review calls for new crypto assets regime. So, this is all about ge geological arbitrage and what market is going to make the most from the crypto space. So, the EU, which is a massive trading block, we have so many countries in there. It's the United States of Europe, potentially. Um, you know, they have a MICA, which is looking at, um, you know, innovation in the crypto, in the fint fintech space. And that, you know, that means uh, crypto assets are under that umbrella. HM Treasury, which is the UK's, um, you know, I can't, oh my God, I'm not, my brain just had a fart. Um, but it's like the equivalent they use. Um, they're they're looking at the MICA and thinking how can we basically be more competitive than the EU, because obviously due to Brexit we've left the European Union, um, and London's a financial hub. They want you know London to uh, draw more money from the world and be more of a financial hub than anywhere in Europe. So um, we're likely to get very favourable uh, crypto-based regulations in the uk and what this will mean is um if the uk is very favorable europe will follow and then it'll kind of be a bit of a a bit of a cascade i'd say with with crypto where we'll start to see more and more countries respond more and more favorably to crypto we're still gonna have places like india nigeria banning crypto but they're gonna be they're gonna be lagging behind ultimately um because you know, if we take a look at the states right now, we have Wyoming, we have uh, Texas, we have uh, Miami, um, sorry, Florida, state of Florida, but Miami specifically because of uh, the mayor, Mayor Suarez. These places are going to influence the other states because when they see money dripping in, you know, bleeding from their states into these places because they haven't been innovative and friendly to you know, an emerging booming economy uh, that's likely to continue to grow when it's going to be harder and harder to, you know, get money. You know, it's not going to be enough just to tax people more money. You have to tax businesses, legitimate businesses, and you have to draw their, you know, be very, you have to tempt them to, to your jurisdiction, especially as the world is digital. Why would any business want to stay somewhere which is hostile to them? It doesn't make sense. So, um, and that's been expedited and shown by, you know, the pandemic where everything's been locked locked down we wouldn't really have those human to human connections that you typically would uh in places like new york la even in london um you know so there's nothing tying people down to a single place anymore so these businesses can pretty much operate from anywhere moving on so kraken is seeking a 10 billion dollar valuation new funding report uh, which is interesting because i would have said 10 billion is quite conservative now i understand they're not 
the largest exchange in terms of trading volume. But if we take a look at Coinbase, one of the most damning things about the Coinbase uh, direct listing IPO is they revealed how little Bitcoin they had, which was mind blowing. They have like $130 million worth of Bitcoin and they've been in the space since 2012, 2013. They have a tragic amount of Bitcoin tragic amount of bitcoin and how they're making their money off trading fees from retail so it makes me feel like the coinbase team didn't actually believe in bitcoin as much as they probably should have um or may, you know it's hard you know that uh, i let's play devil's advocate maybe they didn't have the foresight that bitcoin is going to do as well as it could but they should really have had like a monthly we're gonna acquire bitcoin fund uh just to ensure the future of our business because if all the bitcoin they own dries up they, how can they only have 130 million dollars worth of bitcoin that blows my mind but anyway um this is huge for kraken it doesn't mean they're going to go for for, an, for a listing on uh a direct listing on on you know on the stock new york stock exchange or anything or we'll see um to be a publicly traded company but but having having a valuation is quite quite key because it shows where this space stands in in relation to the rest of other in terms of other markets as well because it's hard to just look at the crypto market cap that's really not indicative of you know how big this space is we want to look because it excludes exchanges values as well um but this is this is huge for the space and i hope kraken you know gets the valuation they're looking for um because you know it means we can have exchanges have be more innovative now i i really hate kraken's ui and experience it is such a pain in the ass i tried to do one simple thing on kraken um and for the for the life of me it just wouldn't work i just i just couldn't get it to work it's not a trading thing it's something just related to my accounts um but that's why i don't really use kraken it's more of a backup on-ramp fiat on-ramp um, and that's why services like three commas are really useful because it just automates your trading if you want to trade from any exchange. Last piece of news rounding out the show, coming up to 30 minutes. One inch DeFi exchange deploys token on Binance Smart Chain. So, what I found interesting with this is we have we have Ethereum based uh, DeFi projects launching on Binance Chain now. What does this mean? They're not migrating to Binance Chain. They're, they're still staying native to Ethereum, but they're bridging and they're using another chain, which means fees are likely to go down. Now, any type of interoperability chain like Radium, Solania, they're kind of, all they're looking to do together is going to really take advantage of this because there's going to be greater liquidity, um, but ultimately this increases the price of Binance Coin ultimately um but it, it's good for DeFi space because it because we, we've seen a like short-term roadblock that fees are quite expensive at the moment on ethereum um, and this should help reduce congestion on the ethereum blockchain as well so good news but this shows that any kind of uh, D, uh DeFi project could do the same so that's it for the show guys i hope you enjoy the show um i'll be dropping it's friday so my next show will be on monday so i'm doing monday wednesday friday don't know if you could tell um again don't forget to like comment subscribe um hope you have an amazing day so catch you very soon in the next video wish you guys all the very best